Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I am your host, Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Everybody and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How in the world are you doing today? Oh, so good to be here with you. Thank you for downloading this little podcast and listening in. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope things are going well for you. I hope in 2020, 2021, oh, do not mention the name of 2020. I <laughs> uh, hope in 2021 is treating you well. Here's the deal. Um, I am talking to Jordan, who is a sales rep for Lakewood Brewing Company. I I love, love, love this um, interview because it gives a little deep dive into the world of being a beer sales rep and her journey into becoming a beer sales rep. It's, it's, it's quite a journey. I love talking to her, learning so much about the industry from her. Jordan is such a lovely person. Oh my goodness, the amount of, of giggles and fun on this episode is is record-breaking for a beer podcast, I'll say. I loved it. So good. Um, she's so knowledgeable. She knows her stuff and was just a joy to talk to. Now, me, on the other hand, <laughs> I try to be a joy to talk to as well. Um, uh, this episode has two parts to it. There is a serious break in the middle, and here is why. In trying, So I recorded this the first half of this podcast at the brewery, the second half of the podcast here in my little studio while she was on the phone. Um in recording a podcast on the road, there are little adjustments that need to be made and such. And in making said adjustment on a laptop, I somehow hit the pause button about midway through and lost about half the interview. So what you're going to hear is quite a transition from one part and into the other part of <laughs> the interview so no fault on uh jordan at all this was me hitting a button and going well let's do a take two on that so we kept the first part we did the second part uh, a little separately and so that's where you're going to hear a noticeable difference in the audio um the quality is still very good but the audio just changed the sound of it overall just changes quite a bit so just want to let you know about that so you're not like wait what just happened um, but anyways, enjoy this episode with Jordan. She is such a blast, and I'm so glad I got to talk to her. Also, Lakewood uh, Brewing Company, man, did they treat me well. It was so much fun. I got this great tour of their facilities. They just did such a great, uh, an amazing job at being such a uh, gracious host to me, and I really do appreciate that. If you are anywhere near them, please check out their new beer garden. It is so cool. They have a great, great bar. Um please socially distant as well. <laughs> they have a great, um, what is it? Contact list to go uh, program. Um, whenever you maybe listen to this, if you're listening to this in the age of COVID, there you go. If either way, just go there, support them, please, please, please. They did such a great job of taking care of me and giving a great space for us to do the interview in. All right. Um, real quick. Uh, if you haven't done so already, would you please consider going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a five-star review. It really helps us out. 
Also, I got the Patreon going. If you want to more directly support this podcast, it really does help me out any little bit. Man, just helps out this podcast chug along. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. Cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How in the world are you doing today? Oh, I'm so excited. I am sitting in an original tap room of Lakewood Brewing at Lakewood Brewery uh, in Garland, Texas, sitting across from Jordan. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Al? I am doing so well. Thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me on here. Um, so, Jordan, I saw you on Instagram. Um, you have oh. such a cute handle uh <laughs> lipstick on your snifter <laughs> yep that's me <laughs> and i love it it's so cute but i do have one issue with it because i okay here's the deal i have been the guy having to clean lipstick off snifter yes. glasses and that is no joke no it is not no. beer clean glass is like it's a necessity especially when you're working behind yes. the bar in a tap room and you're mm -hmm. serving craft beer mm-hmm but I just, so I used to work behind the bar. Okay. Well, I used to work in a, in a craft beer tap room okay. and I would always, um, so I would always be next to the bartenders and they would always be cleaning their glassware in the three sinks. Yep. And they always got so frustrated when the lipstick would not come off mm -hmm. of the pint glass or the snifter when they were cleaning it. And so they always had to spend extra time on and it and you gotta twist it around the little brushes oh, yeah. and you're like going up and down really quickly it's hard to get off yeah and even worse chapstick so it's kind of like a play on like it's supposed to be kind of a a cutesy play it on is words so, no no but it, is, also it is very cute yes it's also a almost like a kind of bringing the attention to you know how hard our bartenders have to work <laughs> and I like that like in a cute fun way but also in a Hey, let's let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So I just I was thinking about that on the way over here. Uh, I was like, lipstick on your sifter. I gotta tell you about lipstick on the because <laughs> where I worked, they had a big, um, not a big, but they had a uh, a dishwashing rack. Mm -hmm. So we didn't clean things in the sink. We put in a big like dish rack, put it through the dishwasher, and in like three minutes, a whole rack of dishes was clean. Yeah. And um, I remember taking those dishes out and drying them, and just looking at the lipstick, going. Oh, <laughs> I, I know who this was because yeah the shade of L'Oreal this shade, this shade I don't know the name of it but I know who it was from and yeah um, and I've, I've cleaned off many a lipstick and things like the that the Maybelline and the I'm sure I know that's a name <laughs> Uh, my my wife has said, you're just a guy. And I'm like, yes, I am a guy. I know that there's Maybelline. No, nothing else. But you got to look good when you're going into the brewery, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. That's why I put on my best brewery shirt. <laughs> um, but Jordan, I, I saw your Instagram and I saw on there a, a post you had about uh, the sales rep life. And I thought... I've never talked to a sales rep. And I was like, I wonder if she would come on the podcast. So I sent you a message and lo and behold, we were here. And thank you again for being part of the podcast. This oh, is going to be so much fun. This is actually my first podcast that I've, I've done. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm going to be as difficult as possible. Oh, Hope boy. to make worse beer blog. Let's go. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> so first off, um, I, I asked about everybody. Um, let me know. I would love to know your own personal history into craft beer. So my, I guess my personal history begins in my hometown. Mm-hmm. I am originally from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. And for people from Michigan who know, Kalamazoo, Michigan is the home to a really big brewery known as Bell's Brewery. Yes. And I heard, I've heard of it before. <laughs> it's got some traction. So back in the day when I was in college, mm-hmm. um, Bell's was, since I went to Western Michigan University, okay. which is in the same city as Bell's, um, I saw Bell's a lot in mm-hmm. college. And as opposed to, you know, a lot of college kids, I guess, uh, going through college drinking like Bud Light and, and, uh, um, all of the macro beers, a lot of kids loved getting, or a lot of college students loved Bell's beer. Yeah. Um, Two Hearted and Oberon Mm -hmm. were favorites. Um, Oberon Day is literally a holiday in Michigan. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Okay. It's it's a big holiday in Michigan because it, it, for us, it symbolizes like springtime is coming. Winter is over. Warm weather is coming. Because I hear um, they ha- actually have like winter in Michigan. Oh yeah. Yeah, I heard it's a thing. Winter. Yeah. And uh, I- I'm a Southern California boy, so I know winter as well. It gets a little more rainy, and, <laughs> and you have to wear a sweater. I feel like winter, winter in Michigan is an understatement. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't find my mailbox one year for uh, for <laughs> oh about goodness. three months. Three uh, months. Three months. My ma- my mailbox was buried in snow, and we couldn't find it. So, oh my goodness, we had three months of mail at the uh, post office that we had to pick up in uh, April. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it can get pretty crazy over in uh, in Michigan. So spring like Oberon coming out is just like a symbol that spring is like almost here Mm. and warm weather is around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. So we go all out. And that's what I did a lot in college was I we we just kind of like bells was one of those staple beers yeah Yeah. so my last year of college i studied abroad in beijing and we were talking just a little (laughs) bit we were talking about earlier and i ended up um after i graduated because it was my last semester that i studied abroad in beijing Mm -hmm. i went back i graduated and kind of on a whim i decided to buy a one-way ticket back there you go. So I lived in Beijing for probably like just shy of two years. Okay. And after like months of, you know, eating Chinese food and drinking like Qingdao, which mm-hmm. a lot of people. So Qingdao, side note, is people call it Tsingtao here in the yeah. U.S. But Qingdao is what everyone calls it in China. Yeah. So Qingdao beer Qingdao Pijio is <laughs> what I kind of lived off of and what my friends lived off of mm-hmm. and I just really missed craft beer so one day I went to Baidu which is like Google in China <laughs> yes and I looked around to see if there is any craft beer or breweries near me mm-hmm. And lo and behold, there was literally a brewery like four blocks from my house that I had never been to. It was like the best surprise in the world. And uh, that brewery was called Slow Boat, uh, Slow Boat Brewery Tap Room. Okay. 
And I think I may have even heard of it. Yeah, they're still around. Okay, good. The original, so I ended up going there to their original tap room, mm-hmm. um, which was in a hutong, in an alley. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with it. I came in, I remember coming in and I was like, hey, you know, I come from Kalamazoo. And somebody was like, oh my gosh, Bell's Brewery. <laughs> I love that. Too hearted. That's my favorite. And from then on, my heart literally just melted. And I was like, you're like, I found home. I found a piece of home. So I started volunteering there mm-hmm. and they paid me in beer and hamburgers, which after living in China for. Okay, I, yes, <laughs> I, I know what you're about to do. Continue, please. After living in China for like almost like almost two years and just, you know, eating Chinese food. First off, authentic Chinese food is great, but sometimes you just crave a taste of home. When I first lived there, I lived in this little neighborhood called Wudaoko, okay. which is basically student central over in Beijing. Yeah. Um, and then I later moved to near the Lama Temple. And that's where Lama Temple slash, uh, I'm trying to think, Dongsi Shi Tiao, something like that. Um, but that's where the original slow boat tap room was. Okay. So in China, getting to slow boat, getting mm-hmm. paid in and burgers Beer and burgers yeah. which i totally understand yeah and then you come back to the states sometime soon or yes. stick around that for a little while longer? so i start i discovered slow boat probably three months before i left beijing oh, for good gotcha and so they were kind of they planted the seed i feel okay. in me because i came home from china thinking oh i lived in china uh for two years like i should you know, be very hireable. I'm bilingual Mm -hmm. and, you know, I have experience there. Like, what can I do? And it just didn't pan out, Hmm. unfortunately. So I was kind of left in, in kind of a, you know, what do I do now? Gotcha. And one of my friends, after a couple months of being back in Kalamazoo Mm -hmm. and in the States, one of my friends got a job at the Bell's Tap Room, the eccentric cafe. gotcha. And okay. he was just talking about how much he loved it, yeah, how yeah. great the atmosphere was, and all the free beer. And I was just like, hey, is there a job opening for me? <laughs> Very cool. So I ended up applying, mm-hmm. and I started off as a busser okay. and a dishwasher. Gotcha. And it just all happened from there. Hmm. Um, Bell's really cultivated that love and that passion for craft beer for me. Gotcha. Um they were super, the atmosphere is just, they make you feel like family over there. And they educated me. Um, they always had like tastings mm-hmm. and we also did, um, uh, they paid for my level one. Oh, uh, your certified beer server? My certified Very beer cool. server. And they also offered to help pay for the level two exam. Oh. At least when I was working when there you're working in there, 2014. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I don't doubt they still. That's that's really cool. When there's a beer program for the people that work there, it's not just like you yeah. work here. Okay, great. Just keep slinging it. But there's a, a, a incentive to continue your learning, continue your uh, experience in that. Because it just makes not only you a better uh, a more knowledgeable person around beer for the customers, but then mm-hmm. also helps create a larger learned environment for yes. the craft, you know, craft 
crappier community at large. Yeah, absolutely. And we're always we were always encouraging people to like, Mm -hmm. you know, go further. And everybody was super supportive. Everybody they turned everybody working there into a big old beer nerd. (laughs) I love that. That's great. (laughs) So that's really where like that's really where I took off when it came to this career path. So from there, um, I ended up moving to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I was really, at that point, I don't know what it was. I, I really wanted to work on the sales force. Like mm-hmm. I just saw the salespeople come in mm-hmm. and it just, it really spoke to me. And it was like something I found, I thought would be amazing and interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to um, basically the people that worked at Bell's that were really familiar with the, the sales force. And I asked for advice on how to get on the sales team. And mm-hmm. they said that they're really interested in people who worked at a beer distributor. And I got some really good advice from from some of the people that worked at Bell's okay. in order to better myself and in order hmm. to like the steps I need to take to really follow this career path. Yeah. So it took me a while. Um, after I moved to Ann Arbor, I mm-hmm. worked at this tap room called Hopcat. Okay. And there I just kind of continued to further my education on beer outside of Bell's Beer. Um, I always loved Bell's, but I also sold other Michigan uh, staples like okay. uh, Brewery Vivant, one of my favorite breweries outside of Bell's. Oh, I don't know that one. Um, Brewery Vivant is in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and their specialty is Belgian beers. Mm. And the brewery is, it when you go in, it looks like a monk monastery. Oh, I love that. It's that beautiful. sounds so cool. They're stained glass. They've got wood tables. It's very, It. I think it was, uh, it wasn't a church. I think it was a funeral home that they bought <laughs> and they turned into a, a tap room. Whatever. And Haunted tap room. Works. I love it. it. The vibe really works. Um, so that was another favorite of mine. And I just got to learn. Like we sold Jolly Pumpkin, mm-hmm. we sold. Uh, um, I think there is Ann Arbor Brewing Company. Um, but anyways, I sold. I got to know a lot more different beers. Mm. Um, and then from there, I tried to work at a beer distributor, but it didn't pan out there. In 2016, I'm me and my boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. now husband, now husband, now husband. Um, Shout out to the spouse. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out. Um, We packed our bags and we moved to Tyler, Texas. Because that's where his, uh, a lot of his family was. And he wanted to finish out school near family. Can I just, I I hate to interrupt, but can I just tell you this? Um, My wife, also from Texas. What is it about spouses bringing their other spouse back to Texas? I I do not understand (laughs) this. I'll be honest with you. um, At the time... Mm -hmm. And, well, yeah, at the time, there was more opportunity, hmm. oddly enough, in Texas than there was in Michigan. Okay. Um, the job market in Texas, the economy in Texas, um, very, very different than the job market and economy in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I came to Tyler. Mm-hmm. I worked, I helped, um, was one of the first staff to help open the old Chicago over there. Okay. And... um Two months later, I, after getting to know the, the distributor reps and kind of saying like, hey, if there's a job opening, 
I'm your girl. Gotcha. <laughs> Two months later, there was a job opening, and I ended up getting a job with a distributor in, oh, very cool. in Texas. Okay, which one? So I worked for R&K Distributing out of Longview. All right. And I worked there for three years. And there I was a draft tech, and I was all, I did a little bit of sales. Okay. So that's where I really got my foot in the door. And let me just, I, I hate to interrupt, but let me just, uh, draft tech, meaning you are making <laughs> sure those draft lines are clean yes. for your beers. Yes. I think I went to over 100 accounts every two weeks. Um, I think I was at 112 accounts by the time I left. Okay. Gotcha. And I learned so much about cleaning beer lines, draft maintenance. Yep. I learned how to install short draw and I, uh. I long draw draft systems are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. They're a little more complicated, but like I got to install keg boxes and learn a lot. Nice. They actually sent me to the Budweiser Brewery in okay. uh, St. Louis wow. and I did draft school there. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I think it was about four days, but it was such a great experience and I learned a lot. So mm. again, continuing my, my education yeah. and with those tools in my belt, uh, three years later, mm -hmm. um, I ended up applying for a job here for Lakewood. Very nice. Okay. And that's where we are today. I am now the sales rep for uh, Collin County and Denton County and mm -hmm. some of the northern outskirts counties that um, that are kind of north, a little bit northeast Texas, okay. but mostly Collin and Denton County and... Uh, I've been working for Lakewood. Um, it'll be a year in three weeks. Okay, gotcha. So you started uh, December 2019. And yes. then we have March 2019 and everything oh, changes. Oh, yeah, very much so. so um, <laughs> just, just in brief, so you get here, COVID happens, and then mm -hmm. everything shuts down. And yes. you are now beer rep standing still for a little bit, I'm guessing. Well, I feel like the uh, key term now, the coined term for 2020 is pivot. Yes. So that yes. is, I have heard so many breweries <laughs> and people in the industry say we pivoted. We, yes. we had to pivot. Yes. And every day we're learning where we need to pivot. Yes. And even to this day, it's starting, it's starting to kind of, the landscape is starting to change, mm -hmm. but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. So this has been the most interesting first year of sales that I think it's been the most interesting year for sales for, for beer, <laughs> for, for beer and for everybody. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about the, the sales, the sales rep position, because um, I, like I said, on, when I saw your Instagram, I was like, Oh, beer rep. I wonder if they'd want to talk. Um, I've known beer reps, and when I did a hot second at a brewery, I, I knew the sales team, and I did some, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, what is it called? Where you, you merchandise, where you're setting up all the stands and things like that, and putting beer in and, you know, into different shelves and marketplaces and all that other good jazz. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that sales rep is more, is, is, there's more to it than that. So... Give us, just let us know, um, what does a sales rep do? And then, uh, yeah, we'll start there. What does a sales rep do? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a For loaded question. For someone that does not know, because <laughs> they've seen, like, oh, there's a sales rep there, maybe at, like, their store or their local, uh, you know, uh, local watering hole. 
and they'll go, oh, sell beer, you know, beer rep. What what do you do? So um, I'll start off by saying there's a couple different kinds of sales reps. Okay. There are your distributor, beer distributor sales mm-hmm. reps or account managers. And then there is what I do, which is a sales rep for the supplier or the brewery. And so I work directly for Lakewood, mm-hmm. but I work in tandem with our distributor partners. Gotcha. Um, so I come in and I'm kind of like extra support. Okay. And I'm extra help for our distributor partners. Mm-hmm. So all I need to do is sell Lakewood beer as opposed to our distributor partners who have a whole portfolio of beer gotcha. that they need to sell. Gotcha. So I just focus primarily on mine, on Lakewood. Mm-hmm. And in a normal, I guess a normal year, what a lot of people think sales repping is, which is half of it or part of it, mm-hmm. is coming in, introducing our beer, letting our accounts know, hey, what's coming up? Here's our up and coming beers. Mm-hmm. And um, I also, on a normal year, would be doing beer festivals. Yep. And I would be um, doing pint nights or events at our accounts, at mm-hmm. some of our best accounts, glassware giveaways, um, other fun things, other fun events. I would be doing um, uh, samplings, too, at grocery stores and at um, liquor stores. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of typically what people think sales reps do for a brewery and give away swag. <laughs> Which is very fun. I mean, I'm sure the free T-shirt Everybody portion of your wardrobe oh, yeah. has gone up quite a bit. My T-shirts are nothing but beer T-shirts, and I think I have a Doctor Who one. Um, okay. And that's, that's I'm wearing a beer T-shirt. You're wearing a beer T-shirt yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are the, the fun swag people who give you all the fun goodies. That like, is, yes, that is part. That is part, part of it. Yes, <laughs> which is everybody's favorite part when yeah. they get to like, get that, oh, yeah, I know that person from there. They gave me a shirt or something like that. <laughs> now, the flip side of being a sales rep, which a lot mm-hmm. of people don't really know about, is a lot of it is very hard work. Um, every Monday, Lakewood in my uh my sales director Mm -hmm. kyle who shout out to kyle he's amazing uh kyle jordan is Mm -hmm. my our uh sales director here at lakewood an amazing mentor um so he wants us to set one day aside to only do admin work Hmm. and that is okay and this is the part of the interview where i get to tell you what just happened and why i just cut off that last sentence by jordan so in doing this podcast i have my computer next to me and i'm constantly like trying to figure out some level stuff and i've got my little board i got my computer and somewhere in recording this episode um i hit a space bar i still don't know how that happened which pauses the interview and I then saved said interview, didn't checking, not checking the time um, that I had only recorded about half the interview. So we're going to pick up where we left off <laughs> in this interview. Jordan, <laughs> from the future. From the future. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Al? Doing well. Um, yeah. So I'm so sorry about that. And how about we pick up right where we left off? 
All right, let's do this. Um, you were talking about um, you were giving a day to do office work at uh at Lakewood. Yes, yes. So every Monday is my admin day, mm-hmm. and the basics of that is um, just with the sales job being so demanding, um, our sales director suggested we set aside one whole day just to do things like respond to emails, schedule, mm. um, kind of use our karma program to um, just kind of see where businesses, where business is struggling, and by pulling out that data, kind of um, making a schedule for our week. Mm. Gotcha. So, it takes a long time and it took like at the beginning of my job, it took me all day. And um, now that I'm a, a year in, it's taken me about mm, three quarters of the day now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've also got a lot better. of driving to do because you have such a large <laughs> area. I mean, like just figuring out the Google Maps for you, I'm guessing is, is quite a task. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And just creating a schedule to mm-hmm. where I'm not, to where I'm focusing on one area mm. um, and not driving from Walk- Rockwall to McKinney to Denton, you know, because that's just, yeah. That's a um, bit. That would be a lot of gas mileage. How my... many podcasts do you listen to during a day? <laughs> oh my goodness. I used to listen to so many. I, um, I switch it up. I listen to some iHeartRadio. Hmm. and some apple music and then i listen to some podcasts gotcha um, gotta keep that variety in my life i understand that very well <laughs> yeah so it's um it definitely is challenging to just balance everything mm-hmm. so that monday admin day is like a necessity it's imperative that we take time to organize our schedule gotcha so, gotcha yeah <laughs> That I, I can only imagine being on the road so much and not really having a like a home base other than like the brewery, like the the tasting room or whatever desk you guys have set up. Um, having a full day to be there and focused gives you a nice little clarity. Um, yeah, yes. I, I would think that that would just be a really nice thing to have. Absolutely. Um, it is. Now, uh we're, you just kind of talked about that with the challenge. We'll call that a part of the challenge is this whole scheduling. Um, tell me a little more about the perks and the challenges of the life of a beer rep. Um, so the perks are basically what everybody thinks they are. It's true. I get to drink so much beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to. It's part of my job. It's part of your job. I drink it. How am I supposed to describe it to my customers? How am I supposed to sell it if mm-hmm. I haven't even tasted it? Gotcha. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's a perk. Um, trying the beer before we actually release it every now and again. That is fun. Um, the brewers will be like, hey, we need you to taste this. Tell us what we're missing, mm-hmm. if you think it's good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll help them out any day tasting yeah. beer. Yeah, of course. Quality <laughs> control is fun. It is, and it's so important. Mm-hmm. We don't want to put out bad beer. No, so no. <laughs> we need to taste it before we sell it. Yep. Um, so 
So that's definitely a perk if you enjoy beer, mm-hmm. um, which I do. That's why I work in this industry because I love beer. Um, and other perks are just like, even though traveling, I travel a lot for my job. It's so mm-hmm. cool getting to know everybody and all the cool places. Mm-hmm. I can tell anybody um, where to find the best beer in Frisco or where are the fun places in in uh, McKinney are. Um, gotcha. I send people who are looking for, you know, if they are looking for Lakewood Lager, I'll be like, mm. where are you? Are you in Allen? Oh, I can tell you five accounts that yeah, have yeah, Lakewood yeah. Lager right now. Um, and I'll send people their way. I love doing that. And I love, I just, I love knowing my accounts too. Mm. Um, the people at my accounts who are just as in love with beer as me. Um, that's the fun part. I get to talk to beer nerds every day and we get to nerd out and have fun. Um, (laughs) so, um, and as for the challenges, um, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, there's a lot of great breweries in the North Texas area. Uh, So, So, (laughs) yeah, like North Texas has amazing beer. Mm -hmm. So the challenges are making sure that this fun, beautiful bar or beer bar in Allen or McKinney or Frisco has our beer on tap. Gotcha. Um, Just kind of making sure we're coming up and selling them things that they need. Mm -hmm. We're kind of keeping up with trends um, and just getting that, I guess that real estate on their tap wall um, when there's all these wonderful beers out in the North Texas area. I guess um, another challenge that comes with the territory is people don't really know how demanding it is to work in beer sales. Um, Mm. It is a highly demanding job. We don't just like hang out and shotgun beer at beer festivals every day. that is another perk, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, sometimes the ske- our schedule is so overwhelming, um, during a normal year mm-hmm. on top of visiting these accounts, making sure I am, um, taking care of my accounts, my, um, on and off premise accounts, my grocery stores and my, um, mm. beer and wine bars and, and restaurants just balancing my personal life too. Um, Normally I would be on top of that. I would have pint nights every week, Mm -hmm. samplings every week um, in the summertime, just numerous beer festivals and just knowing how to say no and rest Mm. and saying it's challenging saying no to, to some of my accounts. Um, but you have to balance your personal life, you know, I'm married and my husband's important to me. My family's important to me mm-hmm. and just, um, realizing that, um, that is also something that needs to, to, um, be balanced with work. And that is also important. So you mean you don't want to spend every single weekend at a beer festival? 
<laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, some days, like, especially during that, like, I haven't gotten to do any beer festivals this year with COVID. Mm -hmm. So, like, you always romanticize about that when it's not happening. Yes. But, <laughs> but when, when it is happening, they do. They take a lot out of you. They, no, you have... they do. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I can only imagine because you got to get there early to set up, make sure there's ice and or, or how, however the beer is going to stay yes. cold. You got to make sure that that is happening, you know, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. if you are an introvert, um, I don't know if you are more on the introvert or extrovert side, but no matter what, you're going to talk to people all day long, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you get to talk to the customers, which is the fun part. Mm. But, um, man you they can be depending on if you are introverted or extroverted it can be rewarding um it's always rewarding but for for someone who's a little more introverted it can be draining yeah um so and then of course having the nurse your hangover <laughs> after <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um but yeah and then this year has been crazy with covid mm -hmm. um that just set a just a whole new set of challenges with COVID happening. Um, it's, I, it's, it's been so hard. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. It's been hard on everybody and the beer industry is no exception. Hmm. Um, just keeping track of, of who is open and who's not open, just keeping up with the fundamental gov you know, government laws and with shutdowns happening. Yeah. Um, and how it changes so quickly and just yeah one day this is happening one day that is happening and you know we're in the dfw area um and i i, I feel like there um are more than a few breweries and places that feel like um places that serve alcohol that are not a restaurant have been really left out in the cold we'll say yeah yeah and even you know in the past couple of weeks some of these wonderful accounts are just not, they didn't survive. They're not going to be opening again. Mm -hmm. um, with December 2020 happening, I feel like it's like even more are closing now yeah. and not reopening, um, which is hard. It's hard for everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, but this, you know, this can't the world can't get back to quote unquote normal soon enough <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for that um yeah yeah very excited for for some semblance of normal for uh, the new normal for the I new suppose. normal and it, it might take yeah. a little while for us to get back to normal normal but i will take anything closer to normal um sooner than later yeah uh, now something that we had mentioned or that we had i i remember we had talked about in emails beforehand was you have your level two sister oh i'm sorry i i, I totally forgot uh, anything else on the perks and challenges i'm so sorry oh no 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 that's okay we can let's talk about the uh the cicerone exam or the uh the cicerone certification program so, okay so the sister so you have your level two cicerone um certification uh, i do let me okay go over the four levels of the cicerone program um, where you are at and what that means. Okay. So the first level is called certified beer server. 
is mm -hmm. Cerrone Certified Beer Server. Um, the second level is called uh, the Certified Cicerone. Third level is Advanced Cicerone. And the fourth level is Master Cicerone. Mm. And the Cicerone program is very similar to um, the Sommelier program mm -hmm. in that there are four levels. Each level gets significantly harder than the previous. Um, and there are only a few master Cicerones in the world right now. I think there might be less than 20. I, I, I yeah. As of I, now. Yeah. I think it's like 19. It's either 19 or like 24. It's something like that. Like it is not a lot of people that no, have that qualification. No. And so where I am at is the second level. So mm. the first level is um, just a test you do online. It's timed. Mm -hmm. And this is basically beer 101. Um, this tells people that uh, you know what um, the basics on beer. Um, you know beer styles. You know um, the beer terminology like ABV, IBU. SRM. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the, um, it's, it's the, I've heard it as like the grade school. Like it's like, yeah. your, it's like your high school diploma. Like it you, you, you kind of got, you've got an idea of what beer is. You've got an idea of what the, the lingo is. Um, mm -hmm. You, it's, it's, it's pretty much if you want to stand up uh, in the, stand out in the crowd and say like, look, I've been tested on this. I, I have at least something that shows I know a little something. It, it's a good way to start. Absolutely. It is. It's a good way to start, uh, a good place to start. Um, and the, the level one Cicerone, I think is great for if you are a bartender or if you work at a beer bar, um, in the service industry. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are even a grocery, if you work at a grocery store and you work in the beer and wine department, I think, um, level one is great, um, for, for those ty types of people too, mm -hmm. um, liquor stores too. If you work at the beer and wine or the beer department at a liquor store, the level one is gr a great tool to have in your belt. Um, just knowing the basics. And when somebody asks you like, you know, what's the difference between um, a hazy IPA and a New England style IPA, <laughs> you'll know what they're talking about. Gotcha. Um, so the certified Cicerone, which is what I am, the level two is exponentially harder, um, than the first one. The first one is about, um, it, it doesn't take that long and it's multiple choice. The second one is a four hour exam. Mm -hmm. There are two parts to it, a tasting part, which takes about an hour and the written portion, which takes about three hours. Mm. Um, and uh, it's so hard. It's so detailed. And um, it's not multiple choice. You have to actually fill in the answers. Hmm. Um, there are three, I think, three essays that you have to do. Um, and then the tasting portion, you have to get at least 80% in order to pass. Um, you need 80% in order to pass the second level. And describe the tasting and portion. That's, I believe so, it's like three or four beers that you have to, you know, taste, smell, and then give, gives, uh, give a certain portion of the attributes correct. 
Is that right? It's actually it's actually more than that. Okay. Um, I believe it's been a while since I've taken it. I I think I took it in um, twenty eighteen is okay. when I took the tasting portion, and I believe we tasted twelve beers. Oh wow! So yeah, so there's a lot. Um, the first part of the tasting portion is you taste the same beer, and it's spiked with off flavors. Mm, the off flavor, yeah, yeah. And then the second portion, you have to identify um, what style the beer is. And then the third tasting portion, you have any style of beer. Mm -hmm. And you have to taste it and decide whether there's an off flavor or if it is good to drink. Oh, man. So they could spike a stout with um acetaldehyde or acetaldehyde and you would have to know if that stout has been spiked with an off flavor and you also have to describe what potentially would have caused acetaldehyde in your stout yeah <laughs> and acetaldehyde that's the uh, nail polish remover type of scent it's acetaldehyde is, is that is that correct it's more like um or is that the sour apple it's the green apple. Green yeah, apple. It's okay. like a, yeah, it's like this a green apple pear. Gotcha. Um, whatever your um, whatever you pick up, um, and that one's a, kind of a hard one because there's actually like acetaldehyde in some of the present in some lighter mm -hmm. American uh, pale ales, so or American light lagers. Gotcha. So that one's that one's a uh, difficult. And not every, the hard portion about, or the hard part about that is not everybody um, can perceive certain flavors. Some people genetically can't perceive certain off flavors, which makes the Cicerone exam a little more difficult. Yeah, because if you get it spiked with the one that is, you know, not the one that you are as sensitive to or prone to. I know that the, like the, the what's called the nail polish one, I pick up very, very quickly. I know that's one that I'm like, uh, what's it called? I've I've opened up more than a few barrel aged stouts, and I've been like, oh no, it's it's nail polish remover. Like it's it's oh, just yeah. too it's too hot. It's too hot. It's too much um, that alcohol burn. And my wife's like, really? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I that's all I'm tasting out of this. Yeah, there are certain um, off flavors. Mm -hmm. I I say like once you once you have tasted once you have gone through an off flavors class beer will never taste the same to you again. Um, I would love to do one of those one of these days. Yeah. Diacetyl is one that I just cannot, butter like scotch. if I get even a little hint, yeah, which smells like a microwave butter. Mm -hmm. Like if I just get a hint of diacetyl, I'm just like, I can't Done. drink this. Nope. <laughs> and nope. I feel like such a snob. <laughs> drain pour. <laughs> <laughs> this is a drain pour. Yep. But like, once, like I said, once you taste it, you can't untaste these off flavors yeah. in beer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so how has this helped out your career? How was uh, getting your level two? Did you get that before you started uh, repping or was that during, after? When did you get that done? So in your career, back I when I was working um, my previous job at R&K Cleaning Lines, um, when I decided I wanted to um, kind of pursue, really pursue and further myself in this career, I started mm -hmm. studying for the uh, level two. Um, 
and I had been wanting to for a little while and I decided just, you know, Hey, this, this year is going to be the year. Hmm. Um, I think after I passed it, I think when I was applying for jobs in Dallas as a sales rep, I think it did give me a little more of an edge. Um, it, uh, gave me a little more credibility Hmm. in addition to the experience I already had. Gotcha. Um, I think the, I think the way it's helping me today in my career is it is, um, it gives me more confidence in when I sell. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I hate to say it, but I don't do it that often, but it is kind of bragging rights. If people ever question your knowledge about beer and you tell them you're a level two, which doesn't happen to me often, but I know people it has happened to, hmm. um, you can just be like, well, I, I am a certified Cicerone. I am a level two. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. I won't gotcha. question you. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly, so the next level, the advanced Cicerone and the master Cicerone, those are insane. And this is just, they are, they are insane. Um, for me, in my opinion, and this is just me, one application, I think, um, continuing up the chain of your, of the, the Cicerone program mm-hmm. is if you want to be an educator, um, if you want to um, be a beer educator, I think taking the advance and getting into the master is um, incredibly helpful and incredibly Mm -hmm. useful. If you want to start your own teaching your own classes, if you want to become um, an educator at a college or a university. um, Yeah. Getting to those levels is, would be very helpful. Yeah. Or if you even want to, um, if you want to, I can't think of the word right now. Um, just be somebody who kind of suggests or helps a brewery open, um, or someone who is, um, I can't think of the word right now. I'm so sorry. It's escaping me. But basically if you want to, if a brewery is seeking help, say you're trying to open your own brewery, Oh, um, I know what you're talking you're, about. Yeah, yeah they, they're they're literally like a um, they're like a brewery coordinator. It's it's almost like they yeah, know like how it, to put everything in the brewery together. And if you want to exactly help people start up their own brewery, they it's it's consultant. Yes, exactly. That's the word I was thinking of. There you go. If you want to be a consultant, um, in the beer industry, then like. Master Cicerone, Advanced Cicerone is that route to go. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think it's beneficial. And if you just want to, just because you want to, mm-hmm. if it's like a goal of yours that you want to achieve, that's, you know, another reason to do it. However, the caveat to that is they also get exponentially more expensive. So. <laughs> And, if you want to do your your exam, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to save up a little money, which means if you're gonna if you're gonna spend that money, you need to be ready. Um, I was talking to M earlier in the season um, from Pints and Panels. Actually, she opened up the the season uh, for us on season four, 
Oh, cool. Wonderful, wonderful verse. M. Uh, Sauter from Pints and Panels, um, at Pints and Panels on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has these wonderful resources for studying for the Cicerone exam. And she was, um, when I was talking to her, it was supposed to be the weekend that she was supposed to be taking her master Cicerone exam. Oh my God. Yeah. I would be like and, so nervous. And well, it got, it was canceled because of COVID. And Aww. so she was sitting there talking to me going, yeah, this is the weekend I was supposed to be like in Chicago, um, talking to Ray Daniels about, yeah. you know, beer. Um, <laughs> the guy that literally started the sister home program. Oh my um, God. I about... would be fangirling. I couldn't do my master sister own. I know Ray Daniels would probably just be like, dude, I'm just a guy. But I would be like, oh, my God, Ray Daniels. Like, what do I do? <laughs> I'd be so tongue-tied. I'd yeah. never make it to my master. <laughs> it's, it is quite, it, it is quite um, intimidating, this yeah. process. And I encourage anybody that is going like, no, I think I got this. Like, take the level one. Just go for uh-huh. that first. And then yeah. there's the syllabus for level two. And mm-hmm. start to go through that. Um, yeah. I That's love- exactly what I did. Yeah, it, I love the idea of the Cicerone program. I've got my level one, and I really uh, – I did that years and years ago. I think in like 2008 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and the level two has been one of those things where I've thought, oh, it would be so fun to do. Um, and the tasting portion has always – uh, always gotten me where I've tried, I've really tried to, to, to train my palate and it's really is a training of the palate to be able to mm-hmm. taste and identify, um, things blind. It's, it's very tough. And I, I encourage everybody try your beer blind because it, it, it will teach you so much more about the beer in your glass than just Absolutely. coming to a table with assumptions in your, in your, um, on your beer. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are studying for the Cicerone exam, um, one resource they have is the BJCP, the Beer Judge Certification Program. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the their book, which is a PDF you can download and print for free. Um, I printed that whole book out, and I like <laughs> study the crap out of my styles. Gotcha. Um, but using the beer that they um, as as an example, um, and tasting that beer that the BJCP uh, guidelines recommends is a great way mm. to um, really hone in on what a beer style should taste like. Nice. Um, you know, um, I want to be mindful of your time. I want to be respectful of your time. We are coming up to what would normally be around the end of the podcast. This has been so much fun, Jordan. Um, oh I really goodness, appreciate yes. you coming back on to finish this up. Um, yeah. You it's were... such a pleasure talking to you again for the second time. I, I know. It. <laughs> um, it was so fun to be at your brewery um, in the original tasting room and to hang out there. And I got this fun little tour. Uh, we took pictures by the big stacks of aluminum cans that were waiting to be filled. It was so much fun to be there. Um, I encourage everybody, go check out Lakewood, um, especially in this time of COVID. They've got a whole contactless like pickup system. Um, they've got a great outdoor area if you feel comfortable sitting in a very socially distant place. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciated all the time that you took to show me the brewery and to just just be at the spot. It was so much fun. And thank you for for uh, letting me for just being such an awesome hostess. 
Um, oh, and for, I can't remember who pleasure. was behind the bar, the manager as well, for just doing such an awesome job of welcoming me and making me feel welcomed. That would be our taproom manager, Cassie. Cassie. Who is a goddess. Yes, she is so, so cool. I, I just, she I, is. I just really appreciated her. Um, is there I anything you would like to promote? Any place you would like for people to be able to find you? Um, I kind of give, you know, the last couple of minutes of the podcast to the guest. And so uh, the mic is yours. All right, cool. Well, if you would like to find me, I am on Instagram, um, lipstick on your snifter, um, lipstick on, and then your is you are, and then snifter. And it's um, all one word, correct? Yes, it okay. is. Gotcha. And if you look at my stories every now and again, um, for all our fun re- Lakewood releases that we do, I like to go out and... Um, take pictures of where you can find Lakewood around uh, mm-hmm. the DFW area, mostly, you know, Collin County and Denton County, which is my territory. Yeah. Um, and then of course, if you're not follow at Lakewood uh, brewing on Instagram, uh, like us on Facebook for all the latest and greatest tap room releases we might have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we just released a bourbon barrel aged double chocolate Sin Mint Temptress this past weekend. Um, that sounds delightful. <laughs> yes. So from all, we, we always have a lot of fun, innovative beers coming out of the tap room hmm. that you can only go in the tap room for. Um, mm-hmm. But always keep an eye out uh, at your local grocery store, your local liquor store, or um, uh, your local watering hole for, for Lakewood and support your local small businesses Mm, amen yeah i'm i'm uh, i i pretty much stick away from like major marketplace beer aisles now because i'm like no 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 i'm gonna buy it from this other place or buy it from the brewery directly um, that tiny little bottle shop. Tiny little bottle shop. <laughs> I really and it and not saying don't buy beer from Kroger or things like that, especially if it's local. Yeah. Um because yeah. your your dollar is your vote on these things. But mm-hmm. um make sure please support local, support that that brewery that you're like, man, I love this place and I want it to survive. Please, please go pick up a pint yes. from them. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jordan. So- Thank you. It has been so Thank good to you. talk to you. I've had such a good time, and I really appreciate you coming back on the podcast to finish up when I screwed up. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Al, and any time you ever need um, any Lakewood beer, you you got my contact info. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jordan. <laughs> All right. Jordan, thank you so much, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>